Hey friends, and welcome to the Drama Club. On this week's Drama Club tip, Drake is canceled and Kanye West can't take a video. And then our two-part main topics include America's least messy person, Reese Witherspoon, and Manti Teo and his deceased girlfriend, RIP. Turn it up and thanks for listening. What up, fam? Feels good, right? Good, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA yeah, Sorry, I'm parched. I'm parched. I watched the new episode of Insecure. Oh, I haven't watched any of it. Don't tell me anything. Any of the new season? Nope. I'm going to watch it all oh, at once. Oh, shit. It's too hard. Like, people give too many spoilers, yeah. so I watch it. Tiffin, fucking Ate Chris were giving spoilers on Twitter the other day. Oh, yeah? No. Uh-uh. I fuck you guys. Man. I refuse. It is getting tough though. Like I saw, I saw people were like Lawrence is back, and I was like Lawrence was gone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, that got ruined. But I, yeah. I saw that you posted on your Insta story the guy, uh, the hot, the, well, the guy that Daniel, I think is his name. Yeah, Daniel. And a hot guy, and I was like, Nathan. who is that? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you gotta watch it. Ooh. <laughs> i love that show they're so tight like hey that would be a good uh name for like some of our segments it would be like "Ooh, on the on the hot, hot topic, topic. <laughs> <laughs> i like the uh left eye episode because me and you sing a lot during it. <laughs> yeah yeah we just keep singing the song i i had a lot of fun with that episode me too did you see Homegirl said we should do uh, NWA and a salt and Peppa episode? Yes, yes. We definitely need to do that. Yeah. Let me get her name real fast. Yeah. She also said Aaliyah. Aaliyah's on the list for sure, but I don't yeah. think we had NWA and I don't think we had uh, salt and Peppa. Erica off Instagram suggested that we do a salt and Peppa and Aaliyah episode. It's coming. It's coming. You guys don't know about our relationship with salt and Peppa. Yeah, you don't, but you will but love you will. to hear it. <laughs> Uh, somebody sent us a uh, tattooed brown trash sent us a message just now. She put us on to Drake being creepy with Millie Bobby Brown. That is creepy. So apparently Drake gives her relationship advice and texts her that he misses her. Yeah, she's 14. Drake is 31. Oh, God, that is not it, OK. It is completely inappropriate. That's grooming. That's what they say here, too. Yeah. That's sketchy. If I had a 14-year-old daughter, no way would I let some 31-year-old man be, like, texting her. I miss you. Fucking report that fool. And isn't he... He has, like, a history with girls that are, like, right there at 18, right? Like, right on the border. I know that there was some drama this week saying that he was dating, like, a teenager. Yeah. I didn't know if that was confirmed or what that was. He took a teenager on a date. Oh, he did? Yeah, that's confirmed. I don't know if they're... Dating. Together, together, yeah. yeah. Well, that's no bueno. Drake. But uh, but from what I understand, that's not the first time that he's done that. Ooh. And he has some lyrics, I guess, also about like eighteen year olds. Eighteen year olds, yeah. That's disgusting. I saw some guy tweet the other day that was like, "If I was twenty seven and a girl that was like twenty two tried to date me, I would think, ooh, she's too young.' Yeah. If I was 27 and a girl that was 19 tried to date me i would be like get the fuck away from yeah me. you know yeah, like yeah so like how could somebody be like 40 and dating mm-hmm. like an 18 year old like that's crazy 
Yeah. I I don't like to pass judgment on people's sex lives, but like there's got to be <laughs> there's something. <laughs> wrong. Yeah, there's something wrong there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's weird. People have a weird kind of fa- fascination with Millie Bobby Brown. Really? Yeah, I feel like they do. They really hyped on her after Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I like her. Yeah, I like her. She's she can sing. I like that about her. She's 11. <laughs> I wish she was bald um, again. I thought she looked cool. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> sexy. sexy. No, not sexy. <laughs> okay, Drake. <laughs> She's just finishing high school. You still have two years at the university. That's a tough road, Larry. What are you going to use for money? Well, Sue's folks were going to pay something to put her in junior college here in town for two years. So we'll have that. But instead of going to college, she'll get a full-time job in campus town. Say she doesn't care anymore about education. So with that, and my part-time job, we'll get by. Okay, let's introduce ourselves. Oh, okay. My name is Stephanie. And my name is May, and we are the Drama Club. El Club de Drama. <laughs> the, the TDC tip. Ooh, on the Drama Club tip. <laughs> and this is the podcast all about celebrity scandals and all the scandalous things celebrities do, regular people, scandalous things regular people do sometimes, too. Yeah, scandalous shit that we do, scandalous shit that our family does. Yeah. Welcome. All around scandals. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bienvenidos. <laughs> yeah, so there's some there's some Drake and Kanye drama. Yeah. From what so, I understand that Kanye thinks that the Kiki, do you love me? Tell me Kiki, why I never thought that. Well, I guess that that's what he calls her or that's what she calls herself or something. I didn't know that. Well, okay. But what we're talking about is that the Kiki in the, in the song In My Feelings refers to Kim Kardashian, allegedly. Yeah. Because allegedly there's a rumor going around that Drake and Kim Slept were fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that those rumors are like running rampant and Drake isn't doing anything to stop it. He's kind of like feeding into it, right? Yeah, which I disagree. But because people I say a lot of dumb shit like if you don't if are you really supposed to respond to every stupid rumor you hear you know no if drake needs to respond to anything it's the fact that he's low-key yes. into young girls <laughs> yeah 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 he don't need to be responding to kim he smashed kim kardashian everybody smashed kim kardashian yeah <laughs> so <laughs> relax he, he he made a series of very awkward instagram <laughs> videos calling out drake he was like, if you were married to Rihanna and I made a song called Riri, Riri. Like, he was like, don't act dumb. You know what you're doing. Yeah. So he called out Drake. He called out Nick Cannon for responding to a question about it. Because What did Nick Cannon say? Well, because I guess Nick Cannon used to date Kim. Yeah, they were something. like together. They were? Okay. Yeah, I didn't that's know that. embarrassing. <laughs> so Nick, somebody asked him something about it. Like, oh, what do you think about this drama? And like, he and he made some sort of like remark like um like oh i don't know if it happened or if it didn't happen but he didn't say like oh no i'm not gonna talk about it and he got mad about that he was like don't talk about my wife like i understand you fucked her or whatever but like (laughs) (laughs) so this guy did fuck her and this guy we don't know if he did yeah yeah yeah. 
And then he also was calling out Tyson Beckford again. Oh, really? What did he say about him? I don't even know this. He was like, don't speak on my wife. Like, keep my wife's name out your mouth or whatever. Has he said anything about her? Just the the initial comment on yeah, Instagram, but, but then nothing else. Nothing that was else. like a month ago. Yeah, they're how all are you still mad up? about that? <laughs> we already forgot about it. We got a podcast about scandals. We're on to the next one, just like you should be. Yeah, my favorite thing about those videos is that that, that they're at like the worst angle of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like huffing and puffing. Yeah, like <laughs> and he's just walking. It's not like he's running. Yeah, like, but he's out of shape. He's yeah. chubby. Sit down, c- Jesus he, Christ. He said something like to Drake, directed towards Drake. Like if I would have, if I wouldn't have been so heavily medicated, I would have responded to you earlier or some shit. Oh shit! And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And you saw the. C- also posted i think it was last week video of north singing along to in my feelings last week so what is that and don't bring your kid into it yeah that's stupid that's um that's low-key like i don't like that yeah but that's what their family does they just exploit each other yeah that's how they made their money and their name for themselves so obviously they're just gonna keep doing it as long as they fucking can yeah that's ugly i don't like that fuck yeah it would have been one thing if it was to show like oh it's all good but apparently it's not all good yeah you know <laughs> and i like <laughs> he's always like i'm all about love like he yeah. contradicts himself time and time again Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> kim kardashian had a whole ass selfie book and this fool doesn't know how to take a selfie video and apparently doesn't know how to walk without having a near heart attack <laughs> he's he's out of shape man. <laughs> he can't do it He's just lazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. (laughs) Kanye was just lazy. Oh, God. The other slight news was that Suge Knight is going to jail for 25 years. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Don't nobody yeah. give a shit about Bye, you. Felicia. <laughs> I mean, just go start road records in jail. He's probably going to run it just as good as he did when he yeah, was out. Yeah, exactly. Come to the row. Come to the row. <laughs> Block C. <laughs> I don't know why Suge Knight looks really natural in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> he does. That's, it's his color. Yeah, like he look like it looks like good on him. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at it because a I look really good in orange and I look really good in jumpsuits. So I just <laughs> imagine putting these two things together, synergy, Hell baby. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, your hair is already short enough to where you that's don't really true. Worry about it that much. If I go to jail, I gotta true. shave my head. Remember? Yeah, this is something I think about on the regular. <laughs> Can't commit no crime because you don't want to shave your head. Fuck that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You got any celebrity crushes right now? Uh, Dev Patel. Yeah, that fucking ad. Dev Patel, Oscar Isaac, um, John Krasinski forever, John Hamm forever. (laughs) Uh, But that uh, there's an Emilio Zegna ad with Dev Patel and Javier Bardem. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Sweaters. I I love a sweater. I love a man in a sweater. There's love, lots of sweaters. We love a, 
uh, what an ethnic man in a yep. sweater. <laughs> yep, I love an ethnic man in a sweater. <laughs> Nothing like an ethnic man in a sweater <laughs> on a shady September <laughs> afternoon. Do you remember <laughs> an ethnic <laughs> man, man in, in a, a sweater? sweater. <laughs> That's what that song was about. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> men in sweaters. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Dev Patel. Every time I think of it, I see something about him now. I think of that time when I accidentally called him Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what an awful mistake. Yeah, he's Bay. Yeah, Bay, Bay, Sh- Bay Patel. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. I've been kind of low-key feeling goofy-ass John Mulaney since he won that Emmy. <laughs> oh, yeah? You like that powder blue uh, yeah, suit? Yeah, that petty tuxedo blue suit. Petty yeah. uh, blue. He, I just saw on Instagram today that he has a Frenchie just like mine, just like Lenny. Aw, that's but, cute. But a girl. Aw. They could date. Yeah. They don't approve. They say I'm too young. They want me to finish two more years of schooling before I even get engaged. Oh, Larry. It's a two for this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> I want to start this off by being honest with everybody. <laughs> and myself. Okay. I didn't realize that it was a two for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going through some grown-up professional shit. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. on, like, Thursday, May was like, hey, what's your topic this week? And I was <laughs> like, uh, say what now? <laughs> <laughs> so then Thursday night, AKA yesterday, I, yeah. I hurried to pick a topic and the one I picked ended up being way too long. <laughs> so now here I am. And okay. so I beg forgiveness for this quickly put together topic. Okay, we forgive you. Thank you. Thank you, me. I, I did. Th- <laughs> Hold up. I wasn't, I, I didn't know I had to have anything prepared. Let me just prepare two instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made it worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I would have, you know, done one starting yesterday, I think it would have been all right. Yeah. But yeah. instead, like, I just did this one all day today. And, okay. You know, I didn't work. It's or Friday. Anything. Yeah. Fuck work. <laughs> I did want to do a story on this actress, but really, there isn't much to it other than kind of a small, funny bit of drama. Okay. Her drama is kind of like real life drama that I do like because we can all relate to it. So that's cool. Ooh. Ooh. Um, also, she's cute as fuck. So let's talk about her. Okay. Cute as a button, Miss Reese Witherspoon. Yay. What? I don't think any. Does anybody not like Reese Witherspoon? No. That's, like, not, a, that's not a thing. That's not a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. love her. Yeah. Who doesn't like her? She's pleasant. She's very pleasant. Actually, I will. I think that. I don't know that people dislike her as an actress, but I don't think that people pay her her dues as an actress. Yeah, she's a good actress. She's a good ass actress, and I think that like we take that for granted because she's Elle Woods, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, but- yeah, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Okay, Miss Witherspoon. Have you seen those memes that are like Witherspoon without her spoon? No, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's funny. So stupid. <laughs> She was born on March 22nd, 1976 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Ooh, okay. Her dad's name, you're going to like this. You're going to like the way you look. (laughs) Her her dad's name is Dr. John Draper. What? (laughs) Beyonce? Is he he single? 
<laughs> is he I alive? He is alive. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's single. Okay. He's a doctor, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> who practiced ear and mouth medicine in private practice until 2012. Okay. Reese, you need a, you want a stepmom? I was like, you know? <laughs> he also worked for the military, so Reese lived in Germany for four years in, as a little girl. Oh, cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Her, her mother, Dr. Mary Elizabeth, mm-hmm. has five degrees, including a PhD in pediatric nursing. That is too many degrees. Isn't that fucking crazy? Her mom, uh, while Reese was growing up, was a professor of nursing at Vanderbilt University. Wow. Isn't that fucking crazy? She's a fucking boss. Yeah. And also in my mind, Reese Witherspoon Witherspoon grew up like humble on a ranch in Tennessee. Yeah. So it's kind of surprising to me to find out that her background was like this upper crusty. Right. And she doesn't come off that way, so like fuck no, she good don't. for her. Hell yeah, she has some good ass parents. Yeah, yeah um, like look, her mom is like a fucking my new hero. Fuck yeah, <laughs> her mom is like a fucking NASA astronaut. Yeah, and shit. let's fucking can we put, like put her up for the Democratic nomination for president? <laughs> like God, I'm ready. My baby is Reese Witherspoon. Okay, <laughs> I could do anything. So Reese started modeling at age seven. And she excelled in school, obviously, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and attended Stanford University as an English lit major. I didn't know she went to Stanford. That's crazy, right? That's she, cool. She didn't finish. She yeah. dropped She dropped out to pursue acting. Yeah. Well, she was already acting before college, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So in 1991, she was cast for the lead role in a movie, The Man in the Moon, in which her 14-year-old character falls in love with a 17-year-old character. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this movie? Yeah, I saw it. It's fine. I've never seen it. It's cute. Uh, Roger Ebert said, her first kiss is one of the most perfect little scenes I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pervy there, Roger. <laughs> R.I.P. 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 She was in some minor movies when she started out in the 90s, like Fear and Freeway, and then grew into some more major roles in the late 90s with Overnight, Sel- Overnight Delivery, Pleasantville, and Twilight. Mm-hmm. So she started out strong and always had pretty good reviews for her acting abilities. But what was always top notch was the way everyone spoke about her. Oh, yeah. From directors to writers to fellow actors, people always said that Reese was a hard worker who committed to her characters and that she was very sweet and easygoing. Yeah. She seems you can tell that she seems like profesh. Right? Yeah. In 1997, Reese turned 21 years old, and so she threw a big-ass party. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. And at this party <gasps> came Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> Is that that porny song? <laughs> From, like, uh, Boogie Nights? Uh, no. What are you singing? I'm singing the the Barry White song. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Ryan Phillippe was like one of my biggest crushes when I was a teenager. That's crazy, man. I never... Or a preteen not... probably. Cause, yeah? Yeah, because, okay, when I saw Cruel Intentions, I was like, oh, yeah. what? Cruel <laughs> Intentions was my sexual awakening. Yes, movie. exactly. Same. Yeah. So like my life was never the same. I was all about Ryan Phillippe. Yeah, because he's... 
bomb in that one. Yeah. So Ryan Philippi came to Reese's 21st birthday party with mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And this is where they met. Of the night she met Ryan, Reese said, I don't know what came over me. Maybe the seven Midori Sours. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't she exactly the type of girl you imagine would drink Midori Sours? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I told Ryan that night, I think you're my birthday present. Oh, (laughs) let me write that down. I'm going to use that. I use that every day of the year. It's not even on my birthday. (laughs) So they started dating immediately and were engaged within nine months. Wow. Their relationship moved super quick. Mm -hmm. Reese was pregnant with their first daughter three months before they got married. Mm -hmm. So within the second year of them dating. Yeah. And then in 1999, Reese starred alongside her boo, Ryan Philippi and Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Intentions. The cult classic sexual awakening of us all. I also, I love Selma Blair in that. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, she's cool as fuck. She's really cool. She's dumb in that movie. Yeah. It's like endearing dumb. Yeah. Uh, This movie is a modern day take on the French novel Les Liaisons de Giroux. Yeah, everybody watched Dangerous Liaisons also. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves this movie, right? I don't got to talk about it. I think you got to talk about it because everybody loves it. Okay, well, basically, Reese's character is a naive girl who moves to an upper crust town. Let's see, I haven't written this down. I'm just (laughs) going off the dome. And Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Philippi are siblings in law. They're step siblings. Yeah, that's right. And they are very sexually active and Mm -hmm. they get into a little bet to see if Ryan can take. Reese's flower. <laughs> and some of Blair's dumb in it. <laughs> that was beautiful. Roger Ebert, I think we got, <laughs> we I got think we have a hit. <laughs> we got your successor right here. <laughs> the sweetest part of the movie was when he took her flower. <laughs> the sweetest little scene was when he took her. Do you remember when she comes home from uh, her trip and she... Is it her coming down the escalator? It's him. It's her going up the escalator. (laughs) He's on the top of the escalator. And he's watching her go up. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That would be so great. Uh, Reese's performance was praised. And fun fact. Bloop. She starred in a Marcy Playground video for the soundtrack. Oh, I love Marcy Playground. Hell, yeah. And (laughs) Sex and Candy. Yeah. Just three months after the premiere of Cruel Intentions, Reese and Ryan were married in Charleston, South Carolina. Three months after their wedding, they welcomed their first daughter, Ava. I bet their wedding was like on a fucking plantation or something. Oh, yeah. It was on like a romantic plantation is how I heard it described everywhere. Oh, God. It had twinkle lights and fucking mason jars and shit. (laughs) No. No, no slaves. So Reese was a very young mother and wife all by the time she was 23 years old. Oh, no. Yeah, that's too... Baby, what is he doing? Yeah. Later that same year, Reese's career-defining role came when she played Tracy Flick alongside Matthew Broderick in the film Election. For some reason, I thought that that was before any of this. Uh Uh-uh. It was after Cruel Intentions and after she got married. Wow. Okay. This movie... 
received critical acclaim and mm-hmm. Reese was nominated for a Golden Globe and an independent independent spirit award. She should have gotten the Oscar nomination too. Yeah, she's fucking great in yeah. this role. She's so believable. It's almost too believable. Yeah. She was also put on the list of great 100 greatest film performances of all time. Wow. Yeah. Director Alexander Payne said that Reese has quote that quality that men find attractive while women want to be her friend but that's just the foundation because nobody else is as funny or brings as much charm to things yeah that's how i think of her me too yeah despite this success reese said she found it hard to find work after the film due to typecasting Mm -hmm. people thought that she was like stuffy like the girl in the Mm -hmm. movie so her next role was just a supporting role in the film american psycho as patrick bateman's girlfriend I don't remember her in American Psycho. Oh, she's Patrick Bateman's girlfriend and they get what engaged. The fuck? Man, why I did her I just, in that role? Why did I just like really block small. her out? <laughs> it's really small and forget. I mean, it's not what you remember from the movie. Yeah. You remember like Chloe Sevigny. I remember like the murders. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Huey Lewis in this? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Reese is great in this role though she plays it really well she totally pulls off the dumb naive girl who would be fucking engaged to a serial killer <laughs> yeah. in 2001 Reese gained worldwide recognition with her role in the film Legally Blonde so good so amazing shout out to Selma Blair again. fuck yeah dude <laughs> Legally Blonde was a crazy box office hit grossing 96 million in the United States alone mm-hmm after this, she starred alongside Patrick Dempsey in the romantic comedy Sweet Home Alabama. The movie is her most successful to date, earning what? 30, yeah, that's crazy, right? Wow! It earned, it earned thirty-five million in the opening weekend and grossed over a hundred and thirty million in the United States. Okay, can't believe that's her most successful movie. That's nuts. In terms of numbers, yeah. In terms it, of numbers, it this movie has mostly negative reviews. Mm-hmm. It's like. Look, I fucking like Sweet Home Alabama. I I don't have any fucking shame. That movie, I'll put that shit on and drink some wine and fall asleep for show. <laughs> is that a positive review? Yeah, because it's like comforting. Like, I know what's coming next. This is going to be a pleasant thing that yeah. I watch. You know, yeah. I'm not going to feel anything but like, you know, whatever. Comfort. Do you like Do you like Sweet Home Alabama more than The Wedding Date? No, man. Okay. Come on. Okay, good. That's the wedding date right is actually good. Like it's good and funny and and yeah, and he's bomb as fuck. Who doesn't want to smash fucking um, yeah, homeboy? What's his name? Dermot uh, Mulroney. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways, one of my favorite. T- speaking of the wedding date, one of my favorite parts in the wedding date is when they do the bachelorette party for her sister, mm-hmm. and they're all dressed like uh, golf, like they're gonna go golfing. Yeah. 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 And then they drop off. Their one friend, like the drunk girl, mm-hmm. who's like her homegirl, and she like stumbles out of the limo and she's like, Top fucking night, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and she's holding a bottle of champagne all fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. I connect to that on a spiritual level. Because <laughs> I love when all your friends are down, like when yeah, everybody's yeah. in a good mood and everybody wants to get fucked up and have a good night. That's my right. favorite. How often does that happen, though? Not often. (laughs) Yeah. So at this time, 
Reese and Ryan are still very married and they welcome their second baby, a son named Deacon, named after Ryan's great uncle on October 23rd, 2003. Okay. I'll also point out that Reese and Ryan were an A-list couple, an A-list Hollywood couple. Tabloids love to follow them around and they had new rumors about them every week. Mm -hmm. Ryan said to W Magazine around this time that he understands the level of interest in their relationship, especially because he's married to Reese Witherspoon, who so many people love. Yeah. Also, Ryan said that he battles with depression and he had battled it for most of his life beginning in his childhood. And he struggled with this a lot in their marriage. I read an article where he said something really blunt, like, I'm just a sad person. And oh, I was really, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. But when now, like after I read that, I was thinking about it. He does kind of never seem pretty happy or like excited about shit, you know. But I feel like that and I'm not depressed. You yeah. know, I've, I'm always I'm pretty level. You know, I'm never like ecstatic. Yeah, you laughing shit though. Like I can't even like think of him laughing. That's really. true. He's not really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like an odd thing. Mm -hmm. But you know, odd. It, I feel bad for him. But talk about like the perfect person to be married to. Like right that's, because it, it, she's like a she's like a shot to the heart of like adrenaline. A, you know, she's like a little firecracker. Exactly. She's like a little ball of happiness. Yeah. In 2004, Reese was cast to portray June Carter Cash in Walk the Line alongside Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. She was set to perform her own vocals in the film in front of a live audience, and she was so nervous about this that initially she asked her lawyer to try and terminate the film contract. Oh, no. Yeah, she said that this was the most challenging part of the role, and she didn't think she could do it, as she has never sang, not even slightly professionally. Mm -hmm. So she spent a hard six months training to do so. Her portrayal of June Cash was very well received and she won several awards, including the Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild, BAFTA, and Academy Award, all for Best Actress in a Lead Role. That's a sweep, pretty much. Yeah, sweep that shit. At this time, Reese was one of the highest paid actresses in the United States, taking home an average of 15 to $20 million per film. Wow. Yeah, so she's on top of the world, baby. Mm -hmm. So now... <laughs> There were rumors that Reese and Ryan's relationship was weak, and I feel like those rumors only heightened after she won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Ryan's career, it didn't fizzle. I don't think it ever really took off. He was, he was like, um, you know, the next, he was going to be like the next best thing, you know? He was going to be like the next dude, but that, that never happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't ever think it fizzled. I just don't ever right. think he ever achieved that right. level of success like Reese did. And also, weren't they pretty open? Like, they they said that they were in therapy pretty much from the time they were young, right? Yeah, so Reese commented publicly that she and Ryan attended couples counseling, like, mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, so, like, probably, like, halfway through their marriage. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Or of course not. Indicative of a sinking ship, but I do think that when you're a celebrity couple, saying something like that yeah. is only going to make the media microscope in on your relationship and yeah. that that makes shit hard it invites speculation like right yeah i, I do open the doors to that i applaud them for doing that especially because they had like kids and stuff mm -hmm. and like you said it's not necessarily a bad thing it could be it could have been a good thing like they could have been a great you know, thing could have been a great thing but like you said i 
people are people are so insensitive and want to they want to find something wrong with you you know yeah so, so that was just gonna be all over the media and then that's hard to swallow when you know yeah. that's your marriage yeah so in an interview about their marriage ryan said he believed their major problem was their age mm-hmm. that they had gotten together way too young Reese has also echoed this sentiment and said something like, I got married when I was 23 and I had two children by the time I was 27. So, you know, sometimes I think it's good to know yourself and I wouldn't change anything, but I've said this to my daughter. I think you start to know yourself a bit better at 25. So I think she also feels like they got together way too young. I mean, I think it was way too young. I think so too. Yeah. And I would even say, like, even 25. That's I what I think, yeah. I don't think I, you really start to know each other until 30. And even then, I got to tell you, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Well, she was saying, like, you know yourself. Like, you know yourself. I would say you start to get to know yourself. At least I started to get to know myself better at, like, 28. Yeah, at twenty. Yeah, at, like, your late 20s is when I feel like I knew maybe i always knew myself but i started to just like accept myself (laughs) like just like accept your faults and shit and like right deal with it head on Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of like whatever it is you're doing in your early 20s just like avoiding it or yeah thinking that you'll grow out of it or whatever you know Mm -hmm. anyways so then there were the infidelity rumors oh no ryan is allegedly a huge flirt with a wandering eye (laughs) Sources say that he was often schmoozing around town at parties and that he would flirt it up with the ladies even around Reese. No. Then in 2006, Ryan was starring alongside Abby Cornish in the movie Stop Loss. And they were heavily rumored to be having an affair while on set. Oh, no. Us Weekly correspondents said that he didn't even make an effort to hide the fling that he was having with her. And they were spotted making out in a sushi restaurant together and leaving his apartment together several times. What? And he's still married. No. Ryan, no. No. Also, also, Abby Cornish, what are you doing? Yeah, have some self-respect. Yeah. Look, I think if you don't want to get married, don't get married. But you still have to respect when someone else is married. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you don't want to be a married person, then go ahead. I don't, who gives a shit? That's your life. But mm-hmm. you should still respect the marriage. Yeah, for sure. Um, alleged- Especially when there's kids. Fuck yeah. That's like the worst thing. At least respect. Yeah. If you don't want to respect marriage, respect parenthood. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, Reese found out about Ryan's infidelity when she performed the well-known female routine of checking her man's phone. Oh, Okay. And it was a BlackBerry because this is 2006, okay? (laughs) No. So she saw messages detailing an explicit relationship he was having with another woman, and she allegedly confronted him about it. Wow. Finally, in October of 2006, Reese and Ryan jointly announced their separation. Reese filed for divorce, and it took a while because they had no prenup. I bet. Because they they were both like on equal footing and yeah. In the beginning, yeah. She had to request that the court refuse spousal support to Ryan. He ended up not even requesting it, and they ended up sharing both legal and physical custody of both of their children. So all in all, it seemed like a clean yeah, divorce. Right, right. 
Okay, good for them. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Everything was finalized in 2007, and then Ryan started publicly dating Abby Cornish. So most likely all of those rumors were Mm -hmm. factual. Both of them seemed to be devastated by their divorce. In an interview with 60 Minutes, Reese said that following their separation, she would cry all the time, often on the floor, and she couldn't shake the feeling of that she like she couldn't shake that awful feeling you know yeah. like every time she wanted to try and get up and do shit she couldn't shake it every time she saw a Midori sour <laughs> <laughs> ryan also said that after the vor- the divorce it was his deepest and saddest place oh. following their divorce and critical success of walk the line reese's career moved around but not up yeah And Reese acknowledges this. She said that these years in her life were kind of floundering Mm career-wise. In a later interview, she said that the separation and divorce from Ryan caused her way too much pain. And she spent a few years just trying to feel better. You know, you can't really be creative when you feel like your brain is scrambled eggs. And not just that, when you reach the top like that, you win, we see this with Best Actress winners all the time. Like, mm-hmm. they win the award, and then it's just kind of like, eh, for the next, you know, few years. indefinitely. Yeah. <laughs> she said, quote, I wasn't making things I was passionate about at this time. I was just kind of working. And it was really clear that audiences weren't responding to anything I was putting out there. Mm-hmm. This period in Reese's resume includes movies like Rendition, Penelope, Four Christmases, and How Do You Know? Okay, I don't know what any of those things are. Me and you watched How Do You Know on Christmas. <laughs> Wait, what is that? What is How it? Do You Know is uh, this, the movie she made with Paul Rudd, Owen Wilson, and Jack Nicholson. It's a romantic comedy. It's dumb. That sounds vaguely familiar. We saw that in the theater. You and me went to go watch it together on a Christmas one wow. time. Wow. Okay. This one is particularly rough because it had that all-star cast. Yeah. And the budget was more than $100 million. And in the opening weekend, it barely earned $7 million. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You and I contributed $23 to that. (laughs) Maybe. In 2010, three years after her divorce, Reese started dating Jim Toth, a talent agent and co-head of Motion Picture Talent at Creative Artists Agency, or CA, where Reese is a client. Not CA. It's not? (laughs) No, it's C-A-A. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what CA is? It's the California Applicant <laughs> Attorney Association. <laughs> it's for a CA. Whoops. CA, just kidding. CAA <laughs> is like, that's the fuck. It's not a talent agency. It's the talent agency. Yeah, it's like CAA, William Morris. Those are the two. Yeah. KAA includes uh, George Clooney, Tom Hanks, David Letterman, Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese, Spielberg, Meryl Street, and on and on and on. So, Homie, Jim Toth, he's fucking big time, you know? What is he? A- an agent or or the agent? What? He's head of motion picture talent. Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And he's self-made, too. He's originally from a small town in Pennsylvania and came to California to attend college at Loyola Marymount. And after he graduated, started working in the mailroom at CAA before working his way up the ladder. Oh, good for him. Fuck yeah. That's perfect for her. Exactly. 
allegedly they met at a party where some dude was hitting on Reese and she wasn't feeling it. And Jim stepped in because he could tell that she was like getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So he was like her knight in shining armor. Mm. So once again, her relationship moved pretty quickly with Jim. They started dating early 2010, were engaged by late 2010, and married in early 2011 at a ranch in Ojai. Okay. In 2012, they had a son, Tennessee James Toth. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. (laughs) The Tennessee James Toth. (laughs) In 2013, America's Sweetheart Reese Witherspoon co-starred alongside her husband, Jim Toth, in Atlanta, Georgia, in their mutual arrest. <laughs> okay. Her husband was pulled over for swerving and driving in the wrong lane. He oh, was suspected no. to be drunk, and after failing all the coordination tests, <laughs> blew a .139 on a breathalyzer. Yeah. This is almost double the legal limit in Georgia. Uh-huh. Reese was in the passenger's front seat and was drunk (laughs) (laughs) and was irate during all of the discussions he was having with police. Yeah. She opens the window of her car, (laughs) hung outside the fucking window and started yelling that she started yelling at the officer. You are not a real police officer. (laughs) The officer told her to sit out, sit down, sit your ass down, <laughs> sit your ass down. Uh, what's her character in Legally Blonde? L Woods. L Woods. But she did not follow orders. They Instead, gave, she chose to walk the line. Yeah, she chose to walk the line. <laughs> They gave her a second warning, and yeah, like May said, she instead opened the fucking door and got out of the car. <laughs> Then she yelled at the officer that she was a U.S. citizen allowed to stand on American ground. I hope to God she said that with a drawl. Oh, God. I can't wait to say that now that I'm a citizen. Yeah, right? Yeah. I am a naturalized United States citizen. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yes. You know, I'm right. Yeah. 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 The officer then began to arrest Reese for disorderly conduct. And she resisted, instead turning to the officer and saying, do you know my name? (laughs) You are going to be on national news. (laughs) The officer responded to her, I don't need to know your name. And she said, you're about to find out who I am. (laughs) This is just not a good look. This shit is so embarrassing, Reese. Reese, you're better than that. You're so much better than this. You went to Harvard Law School. (laughs) For a man, but... Yeah, but we'll let that slide. (laughs) Their car ended up being impounded, and they were both booked into Atlanta City Jail. They were bailed out the next morning, and Reese pleaded no contest to obstruction of justice and was sentenced to a court fee. So this shit blew up for poor little Reese. Mm -hmm. Reese ended up canceling promotions for a movie she had been working on and issued a statement... Clearly, I had one drink too many, and I'm (laughs) deeply embarrassed about the things I said. She had eight Midori Sours. Yeah. (laughs) She should have said to the police officer, you're my birthday present tonight. (laughs) Did he know who she was? Do we know? No, he didn't. He couldn't recognize her. Oh. Because she was a brunette also, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She said, I was frightened, but that was no excuse. I was very disrespectful to the officer who was just doing his job, and I'm sorry for my behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. 
she did all right with this mini drama. It was hella embarrassing and kind of all over the place, but she just kind of took it with stride. She was just like, oh, yeah. She said it was embarrassing. She was Sometimes like, you just got to take the loss. Like, I don't mean, try to rationalize it. Just be like, yeah, I fucked up. That's the best way to handle it, I think. Yeah. Just be real. I mean, we everybody's willing to... People love to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we've all been drunk. <laughs> Except for babies. But even then, <laughs> look at Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at those pictures of Drew Barrymore fucking Dancing? 54. Yeah. yeah, that shit was so funny. So... Yeah, Reese just kept on walking the line and focused on her work, and people kind of forgot about that shit. Yeah. As far as her marriage, there I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Did I, obviously. As far as her marriage, there have been rumors that her husband has a drinking problem. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2015, allegedly, things got so bad that they separated for a while, but after taking a look at their mutual $135 million fortune, they decided Mm -hmm. to work it out. Good for you. Hell yeah. <laughs> and they seem to be in love for the most part, you know? Yeah, and on paper, they sound very compatible. Hell yeah. Everybody's got issues. Work mm-hmm. that shit out. James is allegedly the reason that Reese started producing movies. Oh, cool. Because, like I said earlier, Reese was an English lit major at Stanford. Or, yeah, Stanford. Yeah. And she loves to read books. So mm-hmm. he started buying her the rights to books so she could <laughs> produce the movies. What a cute present, right? You know, he also seems like a chill dude. They always show him with uh, his stepkids and mm-hmm. he's always like hanging out with Ryan Philippi. I'm sure it's like not they're not like hanging out. I'm sure it has to do yeah. with the kids, but they yeah, seem yeah. to get along. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, and Reese's career did end up making a comeback in 2013. She started the production company Pacific Standard where she produced an adaptation of the book Gone Girl, which was a critical and box office hit. She then produced and starred in the movie Wild, based on the memoir by Cheryl Strayed. This role brought her her second Academy Award nomination, and it was also a huge success. In 2016, she was in the animated film Sing, Sing, which I guess was also hella popular. Did you see that? I I turned it. It was on Netflix. I turned it on. I didn't actually watch it, though. Yeah. Um, and in 2016, she also began filming and producing a seven-part miniseries adaptation of Leanne Moriarty's book, Big Little Lies, for HBO. Yes. I love Big Little Lies. Same. I feel like not enough people run to HBO when their career needs a boost. <laughs> they try. I'm sure they try. Yeah. But HBO's, HBO's not like, you know, come everyone who needs a career boost. Come over <laughs> here. They're kind of selective. That's what makes them great. Big Little Lies was obviously a hit. We love it. And HBO renewed it as a regular drama series instead of a miniseries. So the next season is set to come out soon, right? Yeah, I think so. My one my one criticism of Big Little Lies is that it's, I, I want to say, creative and created and executive produced by David E. Kelly, uh-huh. who's married to Michelle Pfeiffer. How is Michelle Pfeiffer not in this show? Ooh, you don't know, dude. We don't know. I love her. Yeah, she's, she's a fucking queen. Fuck. Yeah. Like she needs to be on this show. Fuck yeah. But Meryl's gonna be on the next season, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, just last week on September, I think it was like September 10th or something. Reese, Reese released her first book, <laughs> Whiskey in a Teacup, which is a lifestyle book inspired by her Southern upbringing. Uh, isn't doesn't she also have like a 
a clothing line or something or yeah something. it's something called like darcy jane or something. it's shit. called like it's called like draper dan yeah there you go draper jane or some shit yeah <laughs> so she's going strong you know she's a great actress like we said obstruction conviction and all <laughs> okay and i'm sure you know there's more to come from Southern Sweetheart, Miss Reese Witherspoon. Yay. That is the drama light story <laughs> of Reese Witherspoon. Loki, I always wanted her to get back with Ryan. Me too. I don't know why. They're, I love them. They're kind of like a 90s it couple. Yeah, I love them. I want yeah. them to I want those two crazy kids to work it out. Especially right? cuz I see them with their kids and stuff and their kids look just like mini versions of them. Yeah, it's hard not to think of them together. Yeah. Cuz their kids are so reminding of that. And Ryan really like I was going to write this in but like his he like was in a long relationship with that one girl that he cheated on Reese with, but they mm-hmm. dated, they probably dated for like five years and then that ended. He dated another woman that he was engaged to who was like a model, I guess, mm-hmm. and they had a baby together and then their engagement got called off and now he's dating like some other young model, but nothing like mm-hmm. poor Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he has never taken off really in both professional and personal. Well, I'll, ca- I'll like catch that, you. I'll catch you, Ryan. I'll catch you when you fall, Ryan. Go I'm here. Me. Good job, Steph. Thank you. Thank you, man. I guess you might say we're engaged to be engaged. Today, I'm going to tell you guys the story of Manti Teo. I got most of this from Manti's interview with Katie Couric. It's on YouTube. And uh-huh. the famous article from Deadspin that broke the story by Timothy Burke and Jack Dickey along with the Vanity Fair article, The Boy Who Cried Dead Girlfriend by Ned (laughs) Zeman. (laughs) I wanted to do this one because I love a hoax. I love a hoax. (laughs) And this is like one of the really great recent ones. Okay, so Manti Teo was born on January 26, 1991. Oh, he is young. Oh, yeah, he's super young. Damn, I thought he was older than us, at least. Shit. What? No. No, no way, because we were already... um, Yeah, we were out of college when this happened. Hmm. Okay, anyway. He grew up in Manoa, Honolulu, Hawaii, and is of Samoan descent. Cool. Both he and his family are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Also cool. So, So he's a Mormon. Shout out to the Book of Mormon, Mitt Romney, and Donnie Marie. <laughs> I love the Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, Fun me fact, too. May and I saw that together. We did, huh? With did the rest see... of the PR crew. Did we see it more than once? No. No. Once. once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are those all the famous uh, Mormon, like, cultural <laughs> cultural milestones? Book of Mormon, Mitt Romney, Donnie Marie? Yeah, I think that's about it. Any... I can't think of anybody else who's famously Mormon. The guy who played Napoleon Dynamite? He's Mormon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two of my friends from high school were Mormon, and I remember they were super hyped when Napoleon Dynamite came out because they can't watch, like, rated R movies. Oh. So it was, like, kind of like a famous comedy that wasn't rated R, you know? So they were Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Manti, a linebacker, kicked ass at football and was the top recruited athlete in the state ever in any sport. 
Wow. He received over 30 offers from different universities. Holy shit. Like straight out of high school? Yeah, straight out of high school. Because he was one of the top, like, Hawaiian players ever. That's awesome. So on February 4th, 2009, on National Signing Day, Manti shocks everyone by committing not to USC, where a lot of Pacific Islander athletes go due to its proximity to home, and not to Brigham Young, where all the Mormons go, but to Notre Dame, a Catholic university in South Bend, Indiana. Hmm. When asked why he made that choice, Manti explained that he prayed on it, and that's what God told him to do. Oh, okay. Obviously, God is a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> What's a linebacker? It's a defensive player. Oh, okay. Are so, they the, like, the bigger ones that like, oh. Yeah. Okay. But they're all like that. <laughs> yeah, but then there's like the big ass ones that look like that's like that's what they came to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the skinnier ones, you know one of them is going to like run the ball and do like other shit. You know, I would love to hear you call a football game. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know. That's like the one. I, that's a sport. I can't even pretend to know anything about it. Like most sports I've been around, you know, because my dad watches shit or whatever. Yeah. But I do not know shit about football. <laughs> one time during a Super Bowl, we were watching it. Like our family always watches it and like, you know, makes wings and shit. Like mm-hmm. we get all American. Yeah. And uh, I was like all buzzed and I was watching it and I was trying to tell my brother who hit the home run. And I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought it that was, was I thought that was the story. You there you go. Say. Yeah. It, basically, that was what I said. It was something like that. Like, I can't think of it right now. So in his freshman year, Manti makes 63 tackles and wins freshman All-American honors. In his sophomore year, in his sophomore and junior years, he just keeps getting better and becomes the star player at Notre Dame. That's amazing. So I don't, I don't like... I like sports, but I don't like college sports. So I don't know a whole lot about this and like the culture and stuff. But apparently Notre Dame is like the most popular team in college football. So needless to say, this dude was a star. Most guys in his position would have entered the NFL draft instead of playing their senior year. And Manti could have entered the 2012 draft and been picked in the first round, surely making seven figures in, a, in the NFL. But he decided to stay in school for his senior year. Why? He just, I mean, he was a big man on campus and like, you know, he was the star player on on America's favorite team and just. No, I get that. But I think if you're going to become an NFL player anyways, why wouldn't you do it as soon as possible? Because it's just so dangerous. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think in sports, you have to like make your money while you're young Mm -hmm. because, you know, and then fucking finish school after. And it could end at any time, too, just an injury or whatever. Yeah. So Yeah. But I think he was also very into academics. I know he was on, like, the all-academic team or something, all-American, all-academic team. Um, So, you know, he wasn't – football wasn't his whole life, but, I mean, it was up there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this is where the story starts to get good. Hell yeah. So Notre Dame had been kind of struggling for a number of seasons up to this point. But in Manti's senior year, they were clocking win after win after win. It's a return to form for the school and a real Cinderella story for the scrappy team who are led by Manti, who's just killing it every single game. I thought that Notre Dame was like one of the best college football teams. They, Yeah, they are. They It's like the Lakers right now, you know, like okay. they, they're a dynasty team. They're like this, you know, they have yeah. the second most championships in the league, but they've been in a 
in, in a, a rut. Slump. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like that around that time. It had been a handful of years since they had had a, a winning season, I think. And he came in and pulled them back to their glory. Yeah, exactly. Tight. All right. I get it. I know. <laughs> On September 15th, 2012, Notre Dame upsets Michigan State and Manti has 12 tackles. After the game, a reporter asked Manti how he was able to kick that much ass given that just a few days earlier, on September 12th, his grandmother, Annette Santiago, to whom he was very close, died of complications from diabetes. Oh, no. And just six hours later, his beloved girlfriend, Lenai Kakua, died of leukemia. <gasps> what? The report Back in Hawaii? No, she went to Stanford. Oh, fuck. So... The, so basically, September 12th was like the worst day of this dude's life. His grandmother dies. Six hours later, he finds out that his girlfriend died. How sad. His girlfriend was very, very young. Mm -hmm. The reporter caught wind of Manti's personal tragedy after reading Manti's tweet from a couple days before, which read, quote, I may not hear your voice, but I feel your presence. So Manti replies to the reporter, quote, they were with me. I'm just so happy that I had a chance to honor my grandmother and my girlfriend and my family. Before, before Lanai died, Manti says that she said to him, quote, Babe, if anything happens to me, you promise that you'll stay there and you'll play and you'll honor me through the way that you play. <laughs> so Manti promised to play in every game, no matter what. <laughs> so one week later, on the I just realized who that is <laughs> okay good i was like why don't i know that he had a girlfriend before that died and then all of a sudden you're telling the story and i'm like am i baited answer yes yes but secondly anyways okay hold on i'm all she was so young <laughs> i'm the american public this is me in my feature film role as I was trying not to laugh when you're like, she was so young. I was like, okay, we're getting to it. <laughs> okay. So one week later, on the day of Lanai's funeral, instead of attending the funeral, he plays in a big game against the University of Michigan, and he makes two interceptions and eight tackles, and afterwards explains to a reporter, quote, all she wanted was some white roses. Oh. So I sent her roses. And I sent her two picks. That's interceptions for Steph and Steph's dad and all the non-football people. Thank you. <laughs> and I sent her two picks along with that. How do they know that his gra but his grandma had passed? Yes. Because why would he do that? Because there's funeral records and the death certificates and there yeah. his grandmother died. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I died and my boyfriend skipped my funeral to send me two interceptions, I'd haunt him and his descendants for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever threw those balls <laughs> fuck them too <laughs> you guys will know i'm haunting you if uh if you hear the monster mash <laughs> <laughs> it was a great smash <laughs> okay so now obviously the story makes national headlines yeah for you see Matai was so deeply and hopelessly in love with Lanai and their story and their love story was so tragic and his dedication to honoring her memory was so noble that the sports world could not help but eat that shit up. Yes. <laughs> I ate that shit up like five minutes <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah. And I know the story. <laughs> She's so <It's> young. Just, <laughs> 
You know why? Because I don't follow football. So, like, I remember when this happened, but I didn't know who the fuck he was. So, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. all right. Like, I was, like, half interested. But I remember people were hella interested. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I, I, my kingdom for, I like competition shows. Like, you master chef or, like, fucking, I just got Top into. Chef. Yeah, shit like that. I like that shit, but I hate that they always have that stupid sob story. It's like, this is for my grandfather who yeah. died. Like, I hate I hate yeah. that. Just fucking cook. Just sing. Just do I'm whatever. I'm divorced and I need this money to yes. start a new life. I hate those sob stories. Like, I want to go up there and be like, yo, I like cooking because I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> winning this award of additional money will allow me to do additional cooking. <laughs> I'll just be like, chicken is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I just want one of those shows. I want these. I, I want a, a, to celebrate a football player because he's good at football, not because, like, his grandfather walked 13 miles and oh, then died. Nay. Like... Well, you are heartless. And most of the American <laughs> yeah. public, they want to see a little stupid shit like that. <laughs> Give the people what they want. I, I'm just ready for some football. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not trying to cry. Red Rock market. City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Not her team. Wait, hold up. What, would, what did you say the name of his girlfriend was? Because you did it with like a little Hawaiian accent. It oh. was really cute. Oh, I did? Yeah. Her, her name is Lenai Kakua. Ooh. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very whimsical name. <laughs> so Notre, Notre Dame would plug along and finish the season undefeated, which is obviously incredible. And, yeah. and it added to the attention and notoriety that Manti was getting. He becomes the biggest story in college football and one of the biggest stories in all of sports at the time. He becomes a serious contender for the Heisman Trophy. He gives interviews to a ton of news outlets, including ESPN and Sports Illustrated. And in the interviews, Manti says that he spent all night on the phone with Lanai, falling asleep to the sound of her breathing as she was in a California hospital in a coma after being hit by a drunk driver in April of 2012. What? I thought she was dead from leukemia. <laughs> yes, also that. Okay. Well, I'm getting to it. <laughs> okay. So she's in the coma and where only the sound of his voice would cause her heart rate to increase and was the only time she would show signs of life. Oh, Jesus Christ. When asked how they met, he says that she knew his cousin and that they met at a Stanford game where she was a student on November 28, 2009, during his sophomore year, and that he extended his hand to the stranger with a warm smile and soulful eyes. But the two had just been friends for the next couple of years. What is this? Like, what is this when people make up these, well, like, the alter? What is this? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, May. God damn it. This is, welcome to the drama club. This is the podcast that attempts to answer the question, what is this? <laughs> I'm feeling existential today. <laughs> what is this? What is it? <laughs> I, I hope that we're able to answer this question by the end of this story. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's not looking good. <laughs> okay. So Manti explains that she eventually came out of the coma when she was on the phone with him. In fact, Jesus Christ. In fact, as she came out of the coma, she was saying his name. 
Manti. What the Manti. fuck? How, like, how ridiculous are you? Tone it down, my dude. Do you want people to believe this shit or not? But unfortunately, while still in the hospital, she was diagnosed with leukemia in June oh. of 2012. And a few short months later, she was gone. Wait, how did she get into the coma? She was in a car accident. She was hit by a drunk driver. Okay. And then she was in a coma. <laughs> and then and we didn't find out that she, oh, she didn't even get leukemia until months after? No, they found out while she was in the hospital recovering. Oh, that she had that, leukemia. That she had leukemia. And it was like stage six. Yeah. Because she died like a week later. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, he has no pictures with her or shit? Not, not with her, no. But he has okay. pictures of her. Oh, okay. Okay. So, R.I.P. Lanai Kakua. She was, she was so young. R.I.P. Aloha. <laughs> I'm gonna, when I listen to this and I hear my reaction, I'm going to start dying. <laughs> like, I'm so stupid. People who don't know this story are going to be like, why are they laughing? Why did she die? <laughs> this poor girl. <laughs> okay, trust me, guys. Trust us. Trust us. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Manti, I hope people know our personalities by now. It's like, I'm sure we're going to fuck up at some point, but we're not like th- this level of insensitive. No. I I was, you know, it's funny. Sidebar. Yeah. I was thinking about how we were talking about the My Favorite Murder Girl. May and I were talking about My Favorite <laughs> Murder personally outside mm-hmm. of the podcast conversations we have about MFM. <laughs> Remember we were saying like they're really good at how they handle like, they're never, like, we know everything and we're, like, the most woke girls on the planet, right? Right, right, They're right. always, like, really upfront, like, when they make socially insensitive mistakes. Yeah, they learn or, like, from it. racially insensitive mistakes. They know yeah. how to handle it perfect, I think. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, <clears throat> I get mad when, like, white people handle, like, whatever. They've done something racially insensitive and they don't handle it well. Some That bothers yeah. me. Yeah. And, like, I think they handle it so good. Because it's... It's low key easy. Like just don't, yeah. <laughs> don't double down. Don't be like you know. Just just take the be L. Like Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Yeah. Just be like we fucked up and yeah, sorry. Our bad. We didn't know. We're still learning. They always say that too. Yeah. Like, and I remember you t- you were telling me like, and the cool thing is that they don't um they don't push it like teach us or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take it upon themselves. They're like, yeah, you know, we fucked up. We're gonna do better next time, and like that's it. And low key, that's also the best way. Like whenever at work, the yeah. things I've learned the best are always mm-hmm. something where I made a mistake. And oh yeah, for sure. And I had to learn from that. And like you never forget that fucking feeling, so you'll always remember that shit. Never forget. Never forget. Okay, so Manti ended up being the runner up for the Heisman. What really? Which is actually unprecedented for a defensive player. And. Well, he ended up, he, he came in second to Mr. Football, Johnny Manziel. Oh. So at the, so that ceremony took place on December 8th. Um, 2012. Yeah, 2012. So, I mean, if you guys remember, Johnny, I know who Johnny Manziel is and I don't follow college football. Like, the, mm-hmm. so it was, you know, he was going to lose to this motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. So meanwhile, Notre Dame is preparing to play Alabama in the championship. And on January 7th, 2013, Alabama defeats Notre Dame in the championship game 42 to 14. Wow. And just like smashed. They got smashed, which sucks because they had the undefeated season. But anyway, and just like that, the college season was over. On January 11th, 
the website Deadspin. I love Deadspin. Deadspin is a subsidiary of the former Gawker. Did you hear Gawker's coming back? Yeah, shout out to Deadspin. I'm scared that Gawker's going to come back and it's going to be it's gonna, yeah. disappointing. Yeah, same. Or like we've hyped it up to be too great. I know. But all right. Anyway, so the website Deadspin received an anonymous email stating, I know you guys get thousands of tips that are out there or crazy. This is one that should really be looked into. While Manti Teo is a loved native son here in Hawaii, he is also a fraud. The story about his girlfriend dying is completely made up. The story floating around the island is this. Manti was duped by a man online pretending to be this girl, Lenai Kikua. Once Manti found out he had been tricked, he made up the story that she died in order to ensure that no one asked questions and he never looked foolish. Wow. Okay, so that's the tip that Deadspin receives on the 11th. Right. Okay, on the 16th, on January 16th, Deadspin publishes the bombshell article entitled Manti Teo's Dead Girlfriend, the most heartbreaking and inspirational story of the college football season is a hoax. Fuck. And hoax was in all capital letters, bolded <laughs> and underlined it and highlighted. <laughs> it was in all capital letters. Huh? It was, huh? Yeah. So then I think it was the next day Notre Dame's athletic director through tears has a press conference in which... He reveals that they launched an investigation which had cleared Manti of any wrongdoing and the school starts throwing around the word catfish. I remember. So this is when I heard of it because I like the show Catfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the two hosts of that show were all up in this drama. Oh, like really? They were tweeting about it and talking about it all the time. And yeah, because, you know, the guy that hosts that show, he coined the term catfish. Yeah. He like kind of invented that as a name for this whole phenomenon of tricking someone online. Mm -hmm. So he was hella pumped that I'm sure was, yeah. you know, everywhere. <laughs> it was funny. I watched the press conference and it's funny trying to hear like these old people explain what a catfish <laughs> is. They're like the the documentary catfish or whatever. And then they kind of have to explain what it is. It's it's funny. It's cute. Okay. So shout out Neve. <laughs> so the rest of the story will be what Manti claims happened that he ended up revealing to Katie Couric on her talk show shortly thereafter. First of all, Manti admits to embellishing the story, but claims that he did not take part in the hoax. Ooh, that's Man a good word, embellishing. Embellishing, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a, it's a way to massage the truth, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. lie. Okay, mm -hmm. Manti claims that he misrepresented, there's another one, he misrepresented the story of their initial meeting because he was embarrassed that people would know that he was so completely devoted to someone that he had never actually met before. Hmm. Are, do we still do that, though? Don't we? <sighs> this is 2012. Yeah, okay. I don't think, I don't feel that way. Like I don't feel that way. You can totally have a relationship with someone. Only at, online. But also, I watch a lot of 90 Day Fiance. Like, Hell a yeah, lot of these dope. people have never met before, you know? Yeah, but technology is, like, so great now. Yeah. Okay, so Manti says, What I went through was real. You know the feelings, the pain, the sorrow. That was all real. And that's something that I can't fake. Aww. Who's this guy's lawyer? That was a great little statement. <laughs> I think it, it was probably the university's lawyer. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. They started communicating on Facebook off and on during Manti's freshman year. 
Initially, he was concerned, so he messaged a friend the following. I was just wondering because it does seem kind of weird. And so I was like wondering if it was someone else pulling a prank or something. And his friend responds, oh, yeah, she's not a fake person. She's a real person, but she's just kind of fake when it comes to other things. What, fuck do, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. If you responded that to me, I'd be like, bitch, what the fuck yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to oh. know what this message means. Like, so what is that? So he suspects that someone's pranking him or something. And his friend is like, oh, no, like she's just kind of fake, kind of. Re- it's it's weird. Fuck that friend. <laughs> but the weird thing is that he suspects and he just like goes along with it or something. It doesn't make any sense. He's lonely and insecure, maybe. That's what I was thinking. Was he, like, that desperate for people to think that he had a girlfriend? Maybe? Bantai says that their relationship was just friendly until his junior year. Katie asked him why he never FaceTimed or Skyped or whatever with her. And he says he did FaceTime her, but that he'd see a black box instead of her video feed. And she'd say, I can see you. I don't know why you can't see me. What the hell? And that allegedly happened every single time. (laughs) (sighs) One of the big questions in this interview was whether he created this Lanai character to cover up his sexuality. Oh. Katie, are you gay? Manti, no. 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 Far from it. Far from it. What does that mean when guys say that? what <laughs> i'm far from from gay. far from gay it's a, so what? A, it's a spectrum <laughs> yeah but that's like what does that mean you're like a fucking sex maniac like if you're <laughs> far like how fucking straight could you be like, <laughs> maniac. you're just a fucking pervert <laughs> you could be you, you could be a gay sex maniac don't 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 yeah, discriminate that would, that would be like the other side of the spectrum right like far from far. straight i'm far from straight <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he's not just straight. He's far from gay. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not one to, to say, but I, just, I don't, I don't know. So uh, such a hearty denial. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why that bothers me, because either you're, you're maybe in the closet, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you think that being gay is so, like, right, disgusting or something, yeah. like, so... He, he's, um... He's ashamed. It's so shameful. Yeah, that gay, being gay is so shameful that you're far from that. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to step distance yourself as much as possible from that. Well, remember, he's I got hate that answer. He's from this very small place, s- small place, Mormon family. That's true. One time, Lanai was allegedly in Hawaii, where Manti's family lives, and they made plans to meet up. Oh wow. But the meetup never happened because allegedly her brothers took the car. Uh huh. When Manti's dad asked him how it went, Manti lied and said that he did indeed meet her and that it went fine. Oh. Manti says that he lied to his dad because his dad would have pointed out what a red flag this was. Of course, and also you're on an island. It can't be. Can't you go pick her up? Like, yeah. Yeah, no. that's what I was thinking. Can't you go that's pick her up? Not that far. He was saying, like, I understand, you know, she doesn't live here. It was a rental car, whatever. But then I was like, where, then, what about you, though? Yeah. Okay. I Who here has not driven for a Mac? Uh, oh, girl. <laughs> I live in Silver Lake. I have driven to Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, no. 
you have driven from Riverside to LA for a match. Oh, I sure have, huh? <laughs> Me too, girl. Mm. <laughs> I have driven from Riverside to San Diego for a match. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, I gotta, hey. you gotta take that out. Hole's gonna get, Hole's gonna be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Hey, I have gotten on an airplane for a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I have traveled by land, by sea, and by air for a Mac. In, in April 2012, Manti claims he received a call from Lanai's brother saying, Bro, just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, stupid. (laughs) Just letting you know that Lanai was in a really bad car accident. She was hit by a drunk driver. Oh, wait, hold on. Manti Teo said his brother did this to him? Her brother, Lanai's brother. Oh, okay. So Manti was at school, but he was heading home on break since it was April. Right. And he has a layover in San Diego on his way back home to Hawaii. Uh-huh. But he doesn't go to the hospital in L.A. where he's told Lanai is to see her. Like I just said. <laughs> so, so to quote Steph, I'm no math magician, <laughs> but this shit don't add up. <laughs> I had written that in my Reese Witherspoon and I took it out when I was telling you about that movie that cost a hundred million and only made seven million I was gonna say it and then I was like "Ah, I just said that like two weeks ago so this is the woman he claims he lived and died for he loved her above everyone they were they were MTB meant to be yeah and he doesn't take a a what a two hour two and a half hour less drive i mean for- depending on the day you could do it in like an hour and a half yeah you could do it in like an hour and a half for real you could take the train fuck yeah, fuck yeah like he doesn't take this drive from sd to la for his girl who he loves who just got in an accident yeah who's in a coma i don't want to believe it mm. so katie couric actually called him out on this oh she was I like he like katie couric i do too yeah i i I'm curious to hear what she has to say about Matt Lauer because they were yeah. homies for so long. Anyway, yeah. so she calls him out on this and she's like, this doesn't make sense. And he goes, quote, it doesn't make sense to me either. OK, so he just kind of like dismissed the question. He was like, all right, next. He says it was a conversation that he didn't want to have with his parents. Like he didn't want to tell them that he wasn't coming home on time because he was going to go see Lanai in the hospital. But they knew who he wa- who she was. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Huh. It's, I don't know. That's, this is where things are sort of like falling apart for me. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, okay, you were a catfish. That sucks. But now I'm like, hold up. This is where it makes more sense that he killed her off in order to mm-hmm. protect himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was told she was in a coma, as we know, and her family would put the phone next to her ear. And allegedly, when her breathing would quicken, the nurses would wonder who was that on the phone because she seemed otherwise lifeless. Oh, wow. Manti says that he'd hear the sounds of the hospital and the machines in the background. But as we know, Lanai eventually comes out of the coma and is diagnosed with leukemia shortly thereafter. Katie asked Manti if this didn't sound ridiculous to him. Yeah. Like, how could so much happen to one person? Right. 
and he responds that he had no reason to doubt it. Because he'd spoken to members of her family, for instance, her brother, who made the call to tell him that she was in a coma. Right. Lanai leaves him a message on the day of her first round of chemo. Manti turned this message over, so this is actually something we can hear. I might, I might drop the audio in if it's clear enough. I'm not sure yet. Fuck yeah. Lanai says, Hi, I'm just letting you know I got here and I'm getting ready for my first session and just want to call to keep you posted. I miss you. I love you. Bye. Oh, wow. And then like weeks later in another message, she says, I don't know who answered your phone and I don't care. I swear on my life I'm trying. You made it clear that what you want, take care. And (laughs) And finally, on the day she was leaving the hospital, she called and said, Hey, babe, I'm just calling to say goodnight. I love you. I know that you're probably doing your homework or you're with the boys or grubbing. But I just wanted to say I love you and good night and I'll be okay tonight. I'll do my best. Yeah. So get your rest and I'll talk to you tomorrow. I love you so much, hun. Sweet dreams. And then the next day on Lanai seems annoying. (laughs) Yeah, she she the worst. Okay. The next day, September twelfth. (laughs) RIP. The next day, September twelfth, he claims he gets the call that she died at ten forty seven AM California time. Just one thing I wanted to point out here because I have some experience in this area. It would be extremely, extremely unlikely for someone who's undergoing treatment for leukemia to be well enough to leave this cutesy message and then like die a few hours later. Yeah. Like a person usually goes through a period of decline. Fuck yeah. And it it only worsens following the session. Right. And like this period, the period can be long. It can be short or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's not like... It's you not ain't like leaving you're no cutesy ass message. Right. You're not fine one minute to leave this message and then like dead one minute the you're dead. Yeah. That yeah. shit don't make sense. So that's just my two cents there. Okay. So let's pick up the story on December 6th. Manti receives a call no. from... <laughs> Go to December 4th. <laughs> Jay-Z's birthday. Manti receives a call from Lenai's phone number and a person who he assumed to be Lenai's sister is on the line. The person on the phone at first goes along with it and speaks to him as though she were Lanai's sister. But then she confesses that she, in fact, is not Lanai's sister, but is Lanai herself. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> so Manti says he's floored. He doesn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. L- Lanai tells him that she had to fake her own death because her family is in deep shit with some drug dealers. Oh, this shit got fucking spicy. <laughs> drug dealers. <laughs> so she- Hawaiian drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> fucking drug dealing coconuts. <laughs> Pineapple. These are the black market coconuts. <laughs> Take one sip. <laughs> you start seeing dolphins. Flying dolphins. <laughs> so and like yeah so there's drug dealers there's a fake death there's an escape like okay leukemia there's yeah. cancer yeah so she had to escape but she's back now baby this amazing despite all this two days later at the he highest- tells this story to katie cork with a straight face yes that's amazing yeah and he's very very like very somber and shit. yeah yeah despite all this Two days later, at the Heisman Awards ceremony on December 8th, 
He says, quote, I don't like cancer at all. Well, first of all, hold up. <laughs> this is like when Steph was like, I don't like September 11th. <laughs> like what a controversial stand to take. But OK, he says, he says, he says he's doing his best. <laughs> he just lost the love of his life. He says, I don't like cancer at all. I lost both my grandparents and my girlfriend to cancer. I thought his grandma died because of diabetes issues. Maybe another grand that could have been another grandparent. Oh, true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this is two days after he knows that she's not dead. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. So the story was working for him. Yeah. It was working for him and he went with it. Yeah. Katie was like, what the fuck was that about? (laughs) And he replies, quote, a part of me was saying, if you say she's alive, what will everybody think? What are you going to tell everybody who follows you, who you inspire? What are you going to say? I was scared. I was just scared. And I didn't know what to do. God. So now it's December 12th and Manti's like, hmm, something about this doesn't sound quite right. (laughs) (laughs) Spice this up. So he asked Lanai for a photo of herself holding a piece of paper with the date, her initials, and for her to do that Hawaiian gang sign thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Hang 10. Hang 10. Okay. So she sends him the picture. Mm -hmm. So now he doesn't know what to think. Yeah. But he suspects that she might be lying. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) He's like, things are starting to feel a little fishy around here. (laughs) Brada. (laughs) Brada. You're from Hawaii. (laughs) So... So he goes home for the holidays and tells his parents on Christmas Day that she's alive. And his parents are shocked because apparently their whole family had conversations with her. What? Like his mom was doing Bible study over the phone with her and shit. Whoa. His parents urge him to come clean to the Notre Dame Athletic Department so that they can assist him to figure out what the fuck is going on and what to do about it. Basically, his dad says that he was trying to get out in front of it. So Manti calls the school and comes clean the next day, the 26th. So as we know, the university does some sort of investigation during this time. And Manti heads back to campus so that they can prep for the big championship game. But not a word from Manti or the university is given to the press about what the fuck is going on. Right. The big game comes and goes. Deadspin breaks the story. And then the university makes a statement saying that they were planning on scheduling a press conference in the future to address this. But Manti didn't have anything to do with it anyway. So basically, they're like, nothing to see here, you know? Yeah. On January 16th, the same day the story breaks, the hoaxer confesses via Twitter. I'm not sure if it was a tweet or a DM, but it was directed to Manti's account from the account that Lenai had been, been using. It was at Lenai K, and it said, It's the 16th. I wanted to tell you everything today. I will not say anything to anyone else before I tell you everything. I would and will never say anything bad about you or your family. I completely accept the consequences to the pain I've caused, and it's important that you know the entire truth before anyone else. Ronaya Tuasasopo, a Christian singer and a former star quarterback of his California high school, later called and explained that he just wanted to help people and connect to them. What the hell? Tuiasopo and Manti 
had, according to Manti, spoken twice. He portrayed himself as Lanai's cousin. Right. As for the photos that he was sharing and passing off as Lanai's, they belonged to 22-year-old Diane O'Meara. She had gone to school with Tuiasa Sopo, but hadn't seen or spoken to this dude for years. So that she sucks. so she didn't have anything to do with it. it yeah, it's super sucks. She was she said she felt like icky. She talked to Anderson Cooper about it. Yeah, she was like, it's gross. It's weird. Yes, because somebody's in love with like the image of you. Yeah, and she said it was weird. She found out about it because somebody was like, um, you know, they had been doing these stories on Manti. Yeah, and it was like on ESPN, and they saw like, oh, this is his dead girlfriend, and people were like, what the fuck, you know? Oh shit, her picture. Yeah. So she didn't have anything to do with it, and they barely knew each other to begin with. Wow. He stalked her profile for five years. Oh, no. He'd taken photos from her Twitter, MySpace, Facebook, friends' Facebooks, etc., etc. That is creepy. In order to get the December 12th photo, the one with the date and Lenai's initials, Name? whatever, yeah. yeah, he told her that he and his cousin were in a car accident that led to a traumatic brain injury. And he was creating a slideshow to try to help his cousin before surgery. So she sent him a pic after he insisted that his cousin would love a picture from her and other well-wishers. So wow. she thought she would, thought this was like a thing everybody was doing. You yeah. Know, like, you know, like one of those social media campaigns, whatever. Yeah. So she sends a picture and that's where he gets that one picture from. Wow. Okay, so this crazy person, Tuiasa Sopo, later came clean to Dr. Phil in a two-part interview that I couldn't really find. But here's the gist of his and Lanai's story. In 2008, Lanai started hitting people up online trying to get attention. She talked to Tessie, a Polynesian beauty queen. Lanai said that she was a Stanford volleyball player and was dating USC quarterback Mark Sanchez. Oh. Spoiler alert, that was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Tessie said shit wasn't adding up, so she quickly stopped talking to her and blocked her on everything. So that's basically what should have happened with Manti and any other normal human being. <laughs> Tuiasa Sopo says that when Lanai first started talking to Manti, she name-dropped a cousin and a football friend of his that she'd been talking to for a while on Facebook. Tuiasa Sopo says he did it alone, but the Teos insist that they spoke to at least three different people. Wow. Tuiasa Sopo told Dr. Phil that Manti initiated the conversations and that Lanai and Manti broke up Two weeks before she died because he was Skyping and seeing other girls. Oh, shit. That motherfucker was cheated on his dying girlfriend? That's wild. What a piece of shit. Okay. Tuiasa Sopa says that he fell deeply and romantically in love with Manti, but was trying to, quote, recover from homosexuality. Oh, recover? Yeah. Oh, wow. But still, there's a couple loose strings. He and Manti met once at a USC game in 2012. Like, there's pictures of this meeting. Oh. And Manti wished him a happy birthday on Twitter. And Tuiasa Sopo called him Sole, Samoan for brother. But people say bro and bruh. I don't know. Yeah. That's not not exactly a smoking gun. Uh Uh-uh. A friend of Tuiasa Sopo said he was 80% sure that Manti was in on it with publicity in mind. Oh, wow. Manti fucked up at the NFL Combine on February 25th, 2013, and was shitty. Basically, he was, like, slow as fuck. So this, coupled with all the drama of the last couple of months, led this dude, who was supposed to be one of the top picks in the first round, 
and made him slide all the way down to somewhere in the second round, and he was drafted by the San Diego Chargers eventually. Wow. The next year, after all this had blown over, Manti spoke to ESPN on January 18th, 2013, and said, quote, I kind of tailored my stories to have people think that, yeah, I met her before she passed away. As for whether he received a proper apology from Tuyasa Sopo, he said, quote, he texted me an apology. It was weak. The last wow. statement he's given on the subject is as follows, quote, I would say I was naive and I was just unlucky. It was not even that I trusted this person, but a lot of things just happen altogether to make just a case of bad luck. You have to understand this is a person I've never seen before, so I didn't want to be seeing her for the first time in a casket. I didn't want to see that. I wanted the first time I was seeing her to be the first time I see her in the kingdom of heaven. Oh. Manti is currently a very unremarkable player for the New, for the New Orleans Saints. And last I heard, at least in 2016, he had a real girlfriend. In- Instagram <laughs> ho and bottle service girl Jovi Nicole. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the story of Manti and the real girl. That's so sad. What what do you was he in on it? Um, probably a little bit, maybe. I think it was what the initial tip to Deadspin said. Yeah, totally. That he was ghosted that he was catfished. Yeah. And then in order to like cover up the catfish, he came up with this death story. But yeah. he just made like a very oddly elaborate death story. It's too that's how you know people are lying. Like yeah. it's just too much. Like, what have you never lied before? <laughs> Tone it down, my dude. <laughs> Make that shit believable. <laughs> he never lied because he's Mormon. Oh. And Hawaiian. They don't lie. They don't lie on Hawaii. They don't lie on Hawaii. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I like that one because I don't really know that much about it, obviously. Uh, it was cool. I would recommend people read that Deadspin article. It's yeah. really good. It's interesting. I bet. Well, guys, that's the drama club. Or is it? Uh, we're we're actually not Stephen May. We're actually um, catfishing all of you guys right now. Ooh, <laughs> I would feel honored if someone used my pictures <laughs> to catfish someone. You must have a great personality, my friend. <laughs> oh, God. We're actually Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hartstein. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't get murdered. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Hoel is Steven. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> and, and Bruno's Elvis. Aw. All right, guys. Hit us up on what, me? On the hotline? Hit us up on the hotline, 505-539-0556. Buy a fucking sticker if you want to support the podcast. Um, hit us up on social media, at Drama Club Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and dramaclubpod at gmail.com for all your comments, requests, and whatever. <laughs> whatever with you, however. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet. Newsflash. Get this on the drama club. Avril Lavigne is releasing a new album. That's Don't nobody news. give a shit about that. What the that. fuck? <laughs> <laughs>